You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. Good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. Man, who's had a great week this week? Man, great past week. I'm going to tell you, I'm excited to teach the series, uh, week two of the Are You Ready series. Last week, we talked about how to get outside of ourselves to start a new year, how we always see this trick of the enemy to make the new year about ourselves. But really, if you want to have a great year, you got to make it about other people. Amen. And so God empowers us to love and take care of other people. And so uh, I'm excited to teach week two. Today, I want to talk to you about a topic that uh, I believe is the difference between living a fulfilled life, uh, and just kind of waiting to die. And I'm going to show you a scripture that says that in a minute. Um, it's the topic of a life of vision. And today, more than preach, I want to teach because I want you to get understanding today. Uh, if you don't have a pen and you need a pen, just raise your hand. We want to get you, if you want to take notes and you need an ink pen, just please raise your hand because listen, today, my goal is not to rouse you as a crowd. My goal is to give you understanding as an individual. So here's what I ask. I ask that for the next 28 minutes that you focus on what I'm giving you. Because there's a few people in here, maybe just a few, that are on the precipice of the greatest launch that you've ever experienced in your personal life. And for those people who are about to hear what I have for you, you're never going to be the same. Now, for those of you who want to play in your phones and stay the way you've been, that's fine too. I got no decisions, not on me. But for those who feel like you're just on the edge of breaking through into something great, for those who just have always had a small feeling inside themselves that there's something different about you than other people, it would behoove you to listen today. It's going to challenge you. Um, Proverbs chapter 29, right out of the gate. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Let me put that in Crestview ease for us. If you don't have a purpose, you're waiting to die. If you don't have a plan, you're just paying bills and waiting for the coroner. Can I tell you something? There's a lot of people doing that. There's a lot of people that have a job, but they don't have a purpose. See, you can have a career and not have a vision. Can I tell you something? God's ways are better than our ways. And he's not about just giving you a short season of feel good. He's about giving you the purpose for your existence and then launching you with the wind of heaven into a trajectory that you will never achieve on your own. That's called vision. I have heard vision taught probably 50 times in church, and I've always left with a vague understanding of what vision is. And so in my preparing, I wanted to narrow down for you and give you some qualifiers as to what vision is, as well as what vision is not. So if you're taking notes, get ready. We're fixing to write some stuff down. Uh, What is a vision? Number one, vision is a conceptual view of the future. It's a conceptual view. It's a concept of what is to come. A conceptual view 
of the future. It's important that we understand what's coming and what God's calling us into. Amen. Number two, vision is a visual manifestation of your purpose. It's a visual manifestation of your purpose. You say, well, what is my purpose? Your person is your assignment uh, that God's given you for your life. Why are you here? So vision and purpose run neck and neck. Vision is a visual manifestation of the purpose that you are here. What is the assignment of your life? Number three, vision is a glimpse of the reason for your existence. Vision is a glimpse of the reason for your existence. Have you ever asked that question, why was I created? What is my reason for being here? It's a pretty incredible question to ask, and it's a very powerful question. But it's even more powerful when you figure out the answer. Number four, vision is the perception of your divine assignment. It's the perception of your divine assignment. It's not just why was I made, it's why did God put me here? Why am I at Crestview at the launch of 2023? Why am I in the room with the people I'm in the room with? Why do I work with who I work with? Why do I do what I do? Number five, vision is the conception of your preferred future. Sometimes we call this our five or 10 year plan. What do you see in your future? You see, a lot of times subconsciously, we will take our gifts and what we really enjoy and we will add that to our five or 10 year plan. And sometimes that can be a flag or an indicator of what God has called us to. Can I tell you, your natural gifts are part of God's vision for your life. Your natural gifts are a part of the vision that God has for your life. Number six, vision is the ability to see what is possible when others can't. We're going to dig into this in just a few minutes. Give you some insight into that. Again, number six is vision is the ability to see what is possible when others can't. Imagine God a million years ago being able to see today, tomorrow, infinitely at the same time. Seeing a problem in 2023, and for some reason, you're here. God put you here for a reason. He put you in this time for a reason. Because there is a specific challenge that only you were created to meet. And we're going to talk about that today. Number seven, vision is a dream that benefits others and it's unseen with your physical eyes. Your vision is not just for you. Well, we got some people with some selfish visions. But I'm going to tell you, that's not a vision. That's just desire. You got to find the difference between vision and desire. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Whatever you're trying to do, do it with all your might. Can I tell you, the biggest obstacle of every believer is finding your purpose. It's not finding salvation. 
Bible says a child can lead you into that. Salvation is simple. We can fix that today. You hear me? If you ain't saved, stick around. We can pray for you. The Bible says you confess who you might believe in your heart. That person's saved. That's easy. Then the real work starts. What are my gifts? Why was I created? Why am I here? Why now? What's the problem I'm supposed to solve? Who are the people I'm supposed to reach? These are the big questions that every believer should be asking. If you really want to be impactful, you've got to ask these questions. So it says to do everything with all of our might. So that means we should be chasing after our purpose and our vision with all of our might. We should make finding God's vision for our life our priority of our life. Why? Because when you reach the starting point, and the starting point is finding out what the vision is, that's where life really begins. That's where the wind of heaven hits your back and you begin to soar and you are able to do things nobody else can do. But here's the thing, you've got to function in your own vision for that to happen. We're going to dig into that just for a few minutes today. I want to, again, give you understanding today. A lot of times when, when, when I'm preaching, uh, people leave riled up and they leave you know, all hyped up, but they, they, they may or may not get understanding. My desire is that you leave with understanding today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are his handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good good works, but not just any good works, good works that were prepared in advance for us to do. Let me just break that verse down before I give you some objects to study and understand. God saw millions of years ago into 2023, and he saw problems because of man's free will he saw there were certain people with certain personality traits that can only be reached by certain personalities. And he said, for that person to find me, they're going to have to work at that place with that person who will invite them to that church. So I'm going to allow this cadet to sign up for this Air Force halfway around the world to come to Eglin Air Force Base 15 years ago to find Christ, to get a job as a contractor on this base to find another cadet 30 years later to invite them to Hope City that they might get saved. That was on a connect card last week. Now hang on, hang on, hang on. What did God do for your story? If somebody would have lost their car keys, you might not have been here. You think about the orchestration of small moments in time. 
that God, like a masterpiece, put together. And he chose this spouse for you and their career brought you to this place. And then he said, this house is for you so that your neighbor's with this person. And this person will frustrate you to where you'll cry out to me on this day. And you'll find me on this day because you're so angry at this person. They're being used even in their foolishness, you'll find me. You've just begun to see how big vision can be. We're just, I mean, just scratching the varnish on it. Vision is huge. And it is intertwined throughout eternity to get us to this point. Who are we not to ask the big questions now? Who are we not to at least say, God, could you point me in the right direction? So before I get ahead of myself, I need five volunteers to help me today. Five volunteers. Sharon, come on. Come on, Kate, come on. Let's see here. Come on. Come on, Kenny. Let's see here. Come on. Come on. Come on, young lady. One more. One more. One more. We're not doing somersaults here. Come on, Kelsey. Come on. All right, come on. Okay. Thank you. You can just stand right here. Thanks. Okay. Good to see you, kiddo. All right. Here's, here, here's what I'm going to do. I was up uh, about five days ago in the middle of the night. My back was hurting so bad. Anybody got back pain in here? Dad, gone. That's serious pain. Eh? All right. So I was up, man, just writhing in pain. Took a bunch of Advil, man, just laying there waiting for it to kick in and I pulled my notes out of my iPad. I'm going through my notes. And man, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me in the middle of the night. And he told me, he said, if anybody's going to chase their vision, there's going to be four things they come against. And they're all the same four things, but they come in different ways for different people. Now, I want you to watch this. We're all going to come against these four obstacles when we're going after our vision. Number one, past failures. Right? I'll let you beat past failures. Self-doubt. Enjoy that. Next. Offense. And lastly, and probably the scariest one from my perspective is comparison. Comparison. All right, now watch this. Yours may look a little different. This is mine. This is how the enemy attacks me. In any new endeavor, he always tells me, well, you blew that one thing in the past. You might not want to start here. Your failure from the past can be a barrier from the future. So he always starts with me, reminding me of how I blew it in the past. And he say, what's Kelsey doing up here? Kelsey's you in the pursuit of your vision. You see, the vision... It's this great, big, beautiful mountain that we're climbing. And somewhere, somewhere about here, we're successful. But we're starting over here. And, and, and come this way just a little bit. Everybody step this way. I don't want to blow everybody's eardrums out. Now watch this. When Kelsey, she's out here looking, right? She's looking for her vision. God, why am I here? Just casting her eyes out, trying to really study. You say, how do I go about starting? 
It's an honest question. The Bible says you have not because you. It says what? You have not because you. So if we need, we. Oh, baby, y'all smarter than I thought. A lot smarter than me. All right, so we start by asking. How do we ask? We ask in prayer. We just ask God. When you're asking those big questions, man, ask him honestly. Can I tell you, you're not going to scare him away with a big question. So when you're looking for your vision, when you're looking for your purpose, and you should start every year realigning to your purpose and vision. God, why am I here? I pray that you open every door that leads me closer to my purpose and close every door that leads me further away. And one day, you just get clarity and you know, this is why I'm here. You see, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind right now what my vision is. My vision is to build a place called Hope City. And Hope City is a church where we give people real hope by introducing them to Jesus. It's where we want to see the lost saved, the saved discipled, and the disciple discipling others. See, I don't have to read that out of my notes. Why? Because it's in here before it was on the website. Right? This is our vision. This is why God put me and Wendy where we're at. Because this is what my calling is. Can I tell you, I'm going to die doing what I'm doing right now. I found it, baby. I found it. I found it. And it is so precious when you find it. But here's the thing you got to watch out for. When you find it, it's like these turbo boosters kick in. And you get energy that you didn't know you had. And you're able to do things you didn't know you could do. And you just don't take no for an answer. You just keep pushing until you get breakthrough. Right? What is that? It's the wind of heaven at your back. Because heaven needs you to be successful in your vision. Right? There are people that only you can reach waiting on you to step into your vision, waiting for you to step into your purpose. Now, Kelsey, we're fishing on a journey together. Okay, that's now, this journey, for the sake of time, is going to take about five minutes. But I've seen people go 90 years and not hit it. 90 years and not hit it. It's because they didn't ask for it. They just wondered. There's a difference between wondering and asking and pursuing. Be pursuers of your vision. Be people that chase God's plan for your life. Amen? So watch this. Me and Kelsey, we're, we're going to take off together. Now, Kelsey, we got to get way over there. That's the vision. For us to be successful and to do what God called us to do, we got to get up this mountain somehow. And so we're going to turn and we're going to start walking. And the first obstacle we're going to run into, past failures. And this is where the devil kind of begins to tease people. He begins by telling you what you couldn't do in the past. He begins by telling you why the past is significant in your future. And this is how you would defeat every one of these obstacles. Are you ready? The Bible says when you, when you have done all you know to do to stand, stand. But you stand differently. Ephesians 6 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the wicked one, right? See, these are all just obstacles or wiles. The devil's wiling out. So if we're going to stand against them, we've got to put on the full armor of God. 
But when the devil starts acting out with these obstacles, there's one thing that they gave us that's an offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit, your Bible. So here's what happens. When the devil starts talking, you talk back to him. Oh, let me say it again. When the devil talks, you talk back. When he tells you about your past failures, you say, no, my scripture says, behold, all things have been made new. I'm a new creation. The failures are in my past. I'm a new thing standing here today. See, the defeated thing is dead. I left it at the foot of the cross. This is a new creature you're messing with now, right? And when he starts talking to you about how you felt in the past, you say, no, 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 no. I left the failure at the cross. I'm moving forward. And so using the word, you step through the fear of your past failures. But when you do, be careful. Be careful. Here's self-doubt. Now you're positioned to take off. Now you're not letting the fear of the past bother you. Now it's getting more personal. Are you really cut out for what you're about to take on? Are you really gifted to reach these people? Do you have the anointing it takes? Oh, in church, we put a million different titles on it. Don't, Kenny, don't we? Are you sanctified? Do you have enough of the Holy Ghost? Friend, can I tell you, if God has put you at the foot of the mountain, you have what it takes to climb it. Do not let self-doubt. Can I tell you, everybody deals with self-doubt. The only difference between those who are victorious and those who aren't are the ones that took the next step. That's it. Push through it. Here's the best part about self-doubt. It's the same sword that I got through past failures. Just a different verse. Right? I can give you a myriad of verses. Self-doubt. I don't stand in my own strength. I stand in his strength. Right? I'm not of my own. I've been bought with a price. I could take it many different directions. Just using scripture. What I'm telling you is, is find a verse for whatever is the obstacle of the day. Make no mistake. Every day we'll have an obstacle. The devil can't afford for you to get to the top of the mountain. He can't afford for you to reach that person nobody else can reach. You see, as long as you're not chasing that one person you're called to reach, he's got them right where he wants them. You see, I can't reach your people. You can't reach my people. But if I'm not climbing a mountain, the people I'm called to reach, they're doomed. Doomed. So the devil starts throwing. He starts with this light stuff. Past failures, self-doubt. And then we get over here and we start messing with people because, see, for you to get where you're going, God's going to align you with specific people. See, you're not climbing by yourself. It takes about 60 people to pull off one service at Hope City. 60 people. That's times two every Sunday, usually five weeks out of the month. It takes a lot of people to make this vision happen. Do you think there's room for offense here? Can I tell you, if it's two people, it's room for offense. Here's what happens. This thing offends. Come here, Sharon. Stand right. I want you to stand right in front of her. That's the way offense really looks in the spirit. It gets in your grill. 
and it irritates. And it, my grandfather used to call it a hitch in the giddy up. There's something in the saddle. We're not going forward till we get this fixed. It's an offense. For you to go where you're called to go, God will bring people into your life to be a blessing to you. The Bible says give and it will come back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, shout, men give unto thee. God will not send an angel to put a million dollars on your front porch. But he may send a neighbor to give you a bag of groceries. All right, now watch this, watch this, watch this. When the devil realizes God's tools, he tries to do it himself. But he's an imposter. So where God will send a person to bless, the devil will send a person to curse, to bewilder you, to beguile you. And so the problem is, is Kelsey thinks Sharon's here to bless. And then when Sharon offends, now she's locked. Because she thought, wait, I was supposed to lock arms with Sharon and we was. But now you wouldn't believe what Sharon said to me. Carl, you wouldn't believe how she looked at me in church. Mike, you might believe it. But no, 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 watch, 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 watch. I'm supposed to be focused on my vision. But because of an offense, now my mind is completely consumed. Why did they, why are they not climbing with me? Why don't they believe in me? Why is this person not equally yoked with me? Why is this person fill in the blank? This is a tool, and look how, look how it spells and sounds. It's a fence. It's to stop you. It's a barrier to keep you from moving forward. And when you are offended at people, you lock right where you're at. You can never take another step until a fence is settled. You can't. Because your mind, you just eat up. Why did they say that? Why did they treat me this way? Let me tell you another little trick of the devil. Once he finds out that an offense ties you up, you better get ready. You're going to stay offended. You ever met people offended all the time? That's because the devil learned the taste of what holds them up. He said, if all I got to do is send a little drama their way. You ever had people's drama field? That's because the devil learned the flavor. He said, I know it's juicy fruit for these people. All I got to send is some juicy, hateful hags and they're going to have drama and they're not going nowhere. They're not going to advance in their faith. They're not chasing their purpose. They're not going to ask where their vision is. They're going to stay right in their juicy fruit footed place. Going nowhere with their faith. Now, think about it. If all the devil's got to do is lock you into an offense, you're going to stay offended all the time. You know how we beat it? Let me show you how Jesus beat it. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't realize they're getting in the way of my purpose. Father, forgive them. I'm not going to put a face to this offense. They're being used by the wicked one and they don't even know it. Forgive them. I forgive them. I release them. I'm moving forward. And then you just take control of your mind and you move forward. 
Now, these advance for me. The way the devil has used these obstacles against me is they continue to grow and get harder to manage. I've learned now at 43 years old how to manage offense. I've learned, and boy, it was hard. I learned a long time ago how to get rid of past failures. I learned in between now and then self-doubt. But this next one, can you hold it up high? You ready? <laughs> you see, this one hits me every time I get on Facebook. You see, this one attacks me every time I talk to somebody from high school. This one hits me every time I see my brother and his business success. This one hits me every time my bank account doesn't have what I need it to have. This one hit me every time I pay a bill. This sucker comes to fight. He comes every first of the month. You hear me? He comes to fight. This comparison thing is a killer. You hear me? Because see, when I'm down, I get on Facebook and all I see is everybody's highlights. And I start wondering why God loves them more than he loves me. And so then my mind gets tied up. Why don't I have what they have? Why can't I go to New Orleans like Pastor Josh went to New Orleans? <laughs> I went for the beignets. I'm fat. I'm fat. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if they had beignets here, I probably would have stayed home. But that's what we do. We're on our way to finding our purpose. And then somebody else's mountain starts looking real nice. And God said, Kelsey, please. I need you here. Don't look here. Kelsey, please don't, don't look here. Those are other people's mountains. Those are other people's visions. I made you to climb here. You can't lose if you climb here. But you can't win if you climb here. This is not your path. You're looking at what the people climbing here have and you want what they have. But you can't climb where they climb. Number one problem with the church today. Everybody chasing some millionaire's vision. Yeah. Dad gum, that was deep. Somebody write that down and send that to me. Am I lying? Everybody out here climbing the same stinking old rotten mountain. When it ain't built but for one person. I'm going to do me. I'm going to get mine. Good luck on that mountain. God has a purpose and a vision for your life. We mess up because we can't get traction on other people's mountains. 
Why am I not getting promoted? Why can't I do what they do? Why can't I have what they have? You're playing on their mountain. You ain't supposed to be on their mountain. Here's what's even better. If you're on your mountain, they can't keep up with you. We were predestined, handiwork of God, designed for good works before time began. Let me just open the mind of God for you. Again, seeing time and no limitation, looks into the future and says, there's a problem. There's a person. There's a need. And I don't see an answer for it yet. I just don't see an answer for it. So I'm going to rewind. I'm going to take a good look at this problem until I know exactly what it takes to solve it. And then about 1979, <laughs> I'm going to let Larry and Terry have their second boy. Come on now. Gonna be a fat, bald headed man. <laughs> but I'm gonna inject him with a love for people. Yeah, and then I'm gonna set him on fire yeah. with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm gonna sick him on Crestview. On all right, all right. Yeah. And he did that for each one of us. Amen. Some of us a little earlier than the rest of us. Some of us, our story's just beginning. But here's the truth. Kelsey, if we make it through, we get over here on the other side. We find our purpose. The beauty is, is now we've cut a path. And we find other people who are just beginning. And where you're standing... You can now direct others who are just beginning. And you can say, don't let the past failures hinder you. Try to stop me too. Greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Step into something new. And then when they get to self-doubt, you say, no, 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 you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made for this obstacle. Stand through it and stand on the word of God. And then they get over here to be an offended. You say, you wouldn't believe the people and how they treated me when I came through. You wouldn't believe how people treated me. And if I can come through it, so can you come on through. And now you begin to, and then when people begin to compare, you give them vision and focus. And you say, no, 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 no. You keep your eyes on your prize. That's how I'm able to teach you this today. I battle all four of these rascals. And here's what's even crazier. They slip up and come at me even today. Done whooped them. They still come back. The difference is, is I know how to whoop them now. And now it's less of a fist fight and kind of more of just stepping on them and walking. Because now... I got a whole room full of people 
that I've given the tips on how to whoop these rascals. And now you can stand in victory because somebody showed me how to come through years ago. Imagine a church full of people without comparing. I'm through with these. I'm through. Imagine a church full of people without these struggles. Do you know what we can get done? There is nothing that we cannot do. Amen? Amen. Give my people a hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Let me wrap this up. I want you to have understanding. If you don't have vision, you're just waiting to die. You got to have a purpose. Don't let your past failures, your self-doubt, offense, comparison, don't let them get in the way. As I close, I just want to warn you about a couple more little things. Be careful who you share your vision with. (laughs) I said this, I think, four years ago from the pulpit. I'm going to say it again. If you wouldn't trust them with your kids, why would you trust them with your vision? If you wouldn't trust them with your debit card, don't trust them with your vision. See, we we get so excited because we found our purpose. It's awesome. It's awesome when we find it. It's just incredible. It changes everything. It's the reason we get up now. It's the purpose. When you know the reason you were put here, you'll never be the same. Never. You can't unsee a vision. So we get excited and we start telling people. The problem is, is that we tell people with small faith and small small minds. And the thing about vision is it's a long climb. You see, I've seen all five phases of the Hope Center. I've seen the Family Life Center, the gymnasium and the workout facilities. I've seen the school. I've seen the Hope Center. I've seen some of our children doing their homework in there. I've walked the land. I've seen it. I've got to be careful who I share that with. Because sometimes people, when they can't see it, they'll try to squash it because they can't see it. And instead of letting their faith grow to catch up, they'll let their fear attack it and take it. And so when you find your purpose, shelter it. And only show it to people. Daryl, I'm going to trust you with this. I need you to pray with me that God will bring this to pass. This is the Hope Center. This is the 14 acres that we're closing on this week. Praise God. Watch this. 
Can I tell you? Our board, before we ever knew where the land was, saw the land. Kenny, am I lying? Craig, am I lying? These are members of our board. We saw it before we had it. And now I'm not walking between trees when I'm walking out there. I'm on a sidewalk that takes you to the preschool by the splash pad. I'm walking on the basketball courts where the kids from the neighborhood will have a place to go and something to do with, with timers on the lights. So even when their parents throw them out in the middle of the night, they'll have a place to go. This is the vision of the Hope Center. It's real here. It's real in the heart of the board of Hope City. It's just a matter of time now. In a matter of God bringing the right people together. So I'm careful with who I share this with. I talk to people I used to be in business with. First thing you say, boy, how much it going to cost to build? I said, I don't know. I didn't ask God. It's his project. I don't ask him. I don't ask him. He'll provide. He'll provide. Can I tell you, if he brought us all in this room together, he can do much more than that. Money? I don't worry about money. I, I've had people deliver groceries to my house when I don't have food. Think I'm worried about construction costs? No. We'll be frugal. We'll be wise. But we will not be afraid. I was talking to Maddie and Gabe the other night. Stay up 2 o'clock in the morning talking to them rascals. Normally go to bed at 8.30. Got to talk about the Hope Center, telling them dreams and ideas for the children's department. Talking to them about ideas. And they said, Dad, he said, is that, you think you're going too big? I said, mm. I said, the problem is, see, this is God's house. This is God's house. This is, this is a king who walks on streets of gold. What will I limit that he desires? You see, our prayer began for God to put us on a piece of land where he wanted to hear our worship. You see, we didn't go looking for a good deal. Our number one question is, where do you want to hear us praise you from? And he put us in an area that no other church really wants to be. And he said, I've got men building churches for beautiful people. But I'm looking for a team of people who will build something beautiful for hurting people now. I said, I said, I know just a group of people who do it. I know some crazy spirit-filled people at Hope City. They'll get hyped and they'll do it. They'll meet me out on some raw land to have a worship service until we get something built if we have to. Talk to one person, they clap. Talk to another person, they get nervous. It's a difference in understanding vision or not. Here's the powerful thing about vision. This whole thing will outlast us all. This is just my leg of the race. Can I tell you, if God calls me home in traffic on the way home today, grab this baton and run. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. There's some kids needing tutoring that God saw a million years ago. 
And he said, I need some people who just set up some Wi-Fi for them in the right part of town. There's some small businesses that need coaching and mentors. You see, the Hope Center is not a church. Churches are Sundays. God's looking for a seven-day-a-week approach. And so we're going to develop a place that's not a church. A church will meet there on Sundays. And oh, we're going to cut up too. (laughs) But where we are going is seven days a week, 24 hours a day, meeting the needs of people and loving people unlike any they've ever seen. Why am I telling you this? Because it's a vision. It's bigger than me. It takes my gifts and the gifts of the board and you, our amazing members. And if you're here as an attendee, we need you as well. Right Right now we have, I think it's 20 people going through Discover Hope. As I'm speaking, they're finishing. And what they learned is what their gifts are and what we need as a body of believers and how they can plug in and make a difference here. It's a process. I know I'm going a little long-winded today, but man, I just, can I tell you, when you get to talk about your purpose, you can't shut up. It's a vision that God gave us. And can I, lastly, I just, just give me, please, a couple more seconds. Somebody needs to hear this today. You are in a place of comfort and God is scaring you with a purpose. Last year, at this day, I was so pregnant with a vision that I couldn't hardly walk spiritually. I'm talking in the spirit, just stumbling around, not even knowing what the next day would hold. Knowing I was in labor, something was coming. Oh, God, the labor pains, I'm comfortable, please. I love Destiny Worship Center. They've been good to me, please. They take care of my family, please. I'm able to pay my bills and love people and be a minister, please. God said, I didn't call you to comfort, son. I called you to change. I called you to go places other people wouldn't go. I called you to minister to people that may not ever find destiny. And as soon as I trust him, Wendy and I went into labor. And out comes 605 people at the first service. Don't fear God's vision for your life. Because where he leads you, you'll have what you need. God has met our needs according to his riches and glory. You see, I stepped away from a great church. Destiny's great. Great pastors. When I stepped out of it, I didn't have a clue how I was going to pay my bills. Didn't know. Didn't know. But can I tell you, it's the most beautiful step I've ever taken because now... Because now when I look back, I see that I stepped right into the hand of God. And now he 
can move me however he desires. And my life is his. More than that, my death is his. Until he calls me home, nothing will change. I'm just going to stay right here in his hand. There is nothing like a vision-led life. I tell my children all the time, there's no greater adventure than a spirit-led life. Stand with me. Lord, we love you. I thank you for the vision. I thank you, Lord, that you can adjust our vision to what you've seen for millennia. Even the things we can't see with our eyes, we see them with our spirit. So, Father, here's my prayer. Set each person on fire with your vision for their life. Set them on fire and then turn them loose to bring it to pass. I rebuke every obstacle and trick of the wicked one on their behalf. And I pray, Lord, that through today's understanding, you will allow them to march with a freedom and a boldness to climb the mountain that you've created for them to climb. To be successful and not compare. Not to let offense get in our way. Thank you for vision. It's what you've seen and you allow us to see. I give you praise for that today. Bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you. No weapon formed against us will prosper. <laughs> not past failures, not self-doubt, not offense, not comparison, nothing. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We have found our vision and we're moving forward. I give you praise for that. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word. Locked away in our heart, and we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.